Hey guys, welcome back to the How To Podcast. The How To Podcast is a lifestyle podcast on creating life you want. We are three episodes in on our love theme podcast. The first week we talked about toxic love, last week we talked about self-love, and this week we're talking about how love can look different, loving more than one person. This week we have Janie Frank. Janie is one of my favorite TikTokers. She came up on my For You page back in October last year and I've been following along ever since. Janie is in a polyamorous relationship and is talking with me today about her religious upbringing in the Pentecostal church, commonly asked questions about her polyamorous relationship, and of course, her TikToks. I can't wait for you guys to listen to this week. I love talking to Janie. She's so sweet. And this is going to be such a good episode. So make sure you stay tuned. She's answering all of the questions that we want to know. And if you like this, make sure to rate it five stars and let's get started. Hi, Janie. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Good. I am so excited to talk with you today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yes, it is your first podcast, so I'm a little nervous, but I hope I hope it's fun. I have nothing to compare it to, so you'll That's do good. great. I know, we can, <laughs> so we can only go up from here. Right. <laughs> I'm so pumped. Like I said, I found you on TikTok a few months ago and you were talking about your relationship with Maggie and Cody, um, your partners, you're in a polyamorous relationship. And I just think it's so fascinating. I grew up in a really, really small town, so there wasn't a lot of diversity in any in any way social media is neat for this reason because you can you know be exposed to just people who are different from you in different communities and being able to learn and that's something I think you're so great on TikTok about is just like educating and letting people know like this is what it is it's actually pretty normal like in comparison to what people may think yeah actually that's one of the things I like the most about TikTok is that I can actually take that time to explain things to people and that it's really easy to do that in response to their question. So like they can totally. ask a question and I can reply with a video directly to it. And I love that because I actually get to take the time to show people like, oh, we're not actually that different, but here's the answer to your question. We probably do it the same way you do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I know. I feel like I've learned so much and I can't wait to like dive into it all. And I just can't wait for people to listen and also learn another way of learning. <laughs> Yeah, it's always good to learn more. <laughs> yes. Um, well, let's first start just talking a little bit about you and just your history. You grew up in the Pentecostal church, correct? I did. Yeah, I was raised apostolic Pentecostal um, and I grew up in it. Like my uncle was a pastor. My whole family was involved. So it, I was like immersed in Pentecostal. <laughs> Deep into it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And for people who don't know what is the Pentecostal church, how is that, you know, a form of Christianity? What's the difference? Yeah. So it's a form of Christianity. Um, there are like strict rules, guidelines that you're supposed to follow. Um, so like for me, I wasn't allowed to cut my hair. I wasn't allowed to wear makeup. I had to wear skirts. I couldn't wear pants. I couldn't show my knees. You couldn't show like too much of your, um, chest. Like if you put a hand to your neck and, there was any skin visible, then it wasn't um, appropriate. Like you couldn't wear it. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't appropriate. Um, there was certain books I wasn't allowed to read, music I wasn't allowed to listen to. We didn't have a TV for the first like few years that I was growing up. So wow. just a lot of strict rules. Um, but essentially, it's just a form of evangelical Christianity. Okay, cool. And how how old are you? Right now, I am 24. Five. I actually turned 26 in two months. So 
<laughs> You're like, so jot that down. <laughs> so that's, I mean, so I'm going to be 25 next month. Um, oh. But so this was not that long ago. Like is the culture and the values of the church that still the same? Yes. I will say like my family who is still in the church have definitely, um, I think, warmed up a bit to like my life and my relationship. Um, and I think that they've come a long way, but their ideals are definitely still the same. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's, that's so interesting. And another thing I love that you do on TikTok is just talking about your experiences from the church, some, you know, crazy stories that you remember from when you were younger, <laughs> love, you know, the old diary entries. Do you just want to share a few, like, just so people really get the idea of kind of what you grew up, you know, knowing and believing any crazy stories for us? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think all of it is kind of crazy. Like, there's totally. not one story to me that sticks out. Um, I like I was just talking to my mom about this the other day, actually, where I like vividly remember this time where my mom went away on vacation, and my dad was left to do my hair. And I had really, really long hair because I wasn't allowed to cut it. And I was like eight years old, so I didn't know how to do it because it was too long. And my dad and I were just like sitting in the living room, struggling together. Like we could <laughs> not figure out what to do with my hair. <laughs> so like there's stuff like that. And then we used to go to youth camp and youth convention. Like it was twice a year. Um, and so it was just like, you would go and it was just a bunch of other Pentecostal people like around your age. And you were all just like thrown into this auditorium together or a hotel together or like a dorm room together, depending on where you were staying. And it was just like a couple days straight of, you're just like supposed to pray and worship on oh, repeat. Wow. So <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> that sounds intense. Yeah, I mean, I'm so I'm in Salt Lake now. And you know, there's a lot of LDS, Mormon people here and I can tell the few parallels um, as far as like, like they have a big conference every, I think it's yeah. twice a year and it's like the same kind of thing. Everyone gathers and it's just like a, a day of prayer and yes. celebration. The fasting. <laughs> yes. I, fa I used to fast like once or twice a week. I still don't know why I did it. There were a lot of things I did it because I knew I was supposed to, but I didn't fully understand why, why? I was supposed to. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Wow. That's crazy. And so did you ever grow up and so, okay, forgive me. I, I, I don't mean to offend if I say anything wrong, by the way. No, you're good. Your sexual preference. Yeah. Are you bisexual? Yeah. So okay. I identify as bisexual, which um, I identify as meaning that I like my gender and other genders. Okay. Um, so I think, I think technically it also is pansexual. I don't know. I just use the bisexual label, but yeah. basically I don't care what gender someone yeah, I'm dating is. You just is. love the person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which it's like, hmm, that makes sense. Like, right. shouldn't, shouldn't we all? <laughs> so was there ever a time growing up that you, you knew that you were bisexual, pansexual, or was it just almost too shameful? You know, church cultures like that sometimes mm -hmm. tend to be like, this is the way and this is the only way. Yeah. So growing up, we definitely were not supposed to be anything but straight. Um, <laughs> so it was definitely something that I didn't accept in myself for a very long time. Around like 11th and 12th grade is when I started realizing like, oh, this attraction I have towards women is not actually normal in all women. They don't all feel this way. This is unique. Like, wow. um, <laughs> yeah. And I remember like it, when I was 
I must have been seven or eight years old. I had a neighbor who came over and we just like talked together about how much we loved women and how much like one day we wanted to marry a woman and didn't realize that that wasn't normal or wasn't straight. Yeah. (laughs) And so there's definitely little things like that that come up where I'm like, oh no, I was this way all along. I just didn't start realizing Realizing. about myself until I was like 16 or 17. Okay. Wow. So did you, when did you leave the church? I started leaving the church when I was 17. Um, I didn't actually stop attending the church until I was 19. Um, But I stopped believing in it when I was 17. I mean, yeah, I feel like the transition out would be hard. It would just, it's not kind of, it's it's not a a cold turkey kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, it wasn't like a cult, like you were allowed to leave, Mm -hmm. but it was still, I mean, my whole family was in it. And that was the only time I was seeing my baby cousins and like I was living with my aunt and uncle at the time and my uncle was the pastor. So it wasn't like I I could just like skip. (laughs) So it was a long process to stop going. Definitely. Was your family pretty understanding or is that something they've kind of learned to understand more why you left? You know, it's hard to say. So when I first left, there weren't really any discussions around me leaving. It was, I think people knew at that point that I wasn't that I didn't believe in it anymore. Um, But there was never any discussions about me leaving or how often or how often I was not attending. It was around the same time I started college. And so I sort of just attributed it to that. Like no one really noticed what was going on just because I was so busy with college. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, honestly, if anyone noticed or what. I mean, eventually, obviously, they noticed that I stopped attending completely. And there were some discussions around that, but really not that many. Like, <laughs> yeah, huh? It's like that Homer Simpson meme where he's just like backing into the bushes, yeah. like slowly leaving. Actually, though, like that's exactly what happened. It, it was so slow that I don't think anyone realized until it had happened. Now, moving on to your relationship. So, for people also who don't know, what does it mean when someone's in a polyamorous relationship? So, polyamory is just the belief that you can be in multiple romantic relationships at the same time. This can be like a romantic relationship, it can be a sexual relationship, or it, you know, it can be whatever you deem as romance. So for me, that means that I have two partners and my two partners are in love with each other and I'm in love with both of them and they're both in love with me. So we have like a little triangle there. There's not one set way that polyamory looks as a relationship. Okay. Um, so there are some people who they're a V we call it where like there's one person who loves two people, but those two people don't love each other. Or um, it can be someone who's dating someone who's dating someone else who's dating someone else. And it can just like go on forever. Like there's so many different ways to be polyamorous that, you know, my way is one, but it can look like anything. Totally. Yeah. And after watching all your your TikToks, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like three people are in one relationship, the V or, oh my gosh, I don't know my shapes, the (laughs) triangle. Yes. Um, But then I was listening to like a few other podcasts about it. It's just really fascinated me. And would you say it's pretty common or people, a lot of the times it's like, you know, you have a relationship with someone and you both are dating other people. Is that? Yeah, that would be considered polyamory. And I think that's fairly normal. Um, When I first started realizing I was polyamorous and first started like getting the language to talk about it, 
um, I was dating someone who was married to someone else who was dating someone else. Okay. Wow. So yeah, it can look like absolutely anything. It's yeah. just, you can have, you think that you can have multiple romantic relationships at the same time. And so yeah. does your partner. Definitely. <laughs> This is also what someone would call like an open relationship? Yes, somewhat. So like our relationship right now, because none of us are seeing anyone outside of the relationship currently, we would consider it closed. But there there have been times where we've opened it up. So like we would date outside of the relationship and that would be open. So even though there's multiple of us, if none of us are seeing anyone else, I would consider that closed. Okay, Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So when did you... I don't know if realize is the right word, but when, when did you get into, forgive me, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) No, you're good. But polyamory, you know, what did like one day, like you met someone and they were like, I'm married. And you were like, yeah, that doesn't bother me. How does that work? So it, so it happened to me right after I graduated college. And this was when I moved to Denver. So I was coming from New York where I lived my entire life. And then I moved to Denver and moving to Denver made it really easy for me to just like start over because I was leaving like the church and everyone there behind and I could finally like figure out what my sexual orientation was because I hadn't really had that opportunity before and I was really nervous about being with a girl my first time because I had no idea what I was doing I just knew that like I was interested in women Mm -hmm. um and so I decided that I was going to have a threesome for my first time instead (laughs) so that there was a man there because I was familiar with men like it was going to be fine that way and then just like searching for that I was open to this whole new community of people who were like oh no we're couples but we see other people or you know we're open and all of this and I just started meeting all of these people who were polyamorous or were in ethically non-monogamous relationships and it just started like opening my eyes to this whole new world that I didn't know existed but had always like in the back of my mind wanted where do you find communities like this? Is it on dating apps? Is it a website? What, where do you? Yeah. So a lot of it is dating apps. Um, I used apps like field it's called F E E L D. Uh, and honestly like Tinder and Bumble even yeah. have, I mean, they have couples on it, which personally, I don't think that couples should be on Tinder and Bumble. <laughs> I think that's not for you. That's not right. what that app is there for. <laughs> but there are dating apps that are specifically for like ethically non-monogamous. Like those are really helpful. And then in certain areas, there are also kick groups. So on the app kick, it's K-I-K. Um, okay. You can search like polyamory and then your city name or something like that. Oh. Um, and you, you can find kick groups pretty often usually. And you can just meet other people in the area who share that same value. So when did you meet um, Maggie and Cody and how did you meet them? I met them in November of 2016. Uh, so that would have been a little over four years ago. We met off of a dating app. We met off of um, field. It was actually called Thrinder at the time, like a play on mm. three and Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, we met off of that app. We talked for a week or so before we met in person. Um, we just met at a bar and we hit it off. And they'd been together um, since February of that year. So they had been together for about nine months before I met them. Okay. Yeah. Cause that was what I was going to ask too. So yeah, they were, they were dating and they were looking for a third person in the relationship. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So how did that work? Was it kind of like, we'd love to, we'd love to date you or like, you know, what did, what was the evolution of that relationship? It was really originally just going to be like 
a one night stand and we were Mm -hmm. all on the same page there. Like that's what we wanted. (laughs) And then we ended up just seeing each other more often and decided that we were just going to be like friends with benefits. And so I would go, like, I went to their Super Bowl party the next year and I met Maggie's family a couple of months later as a friend. And so we were like, oh, we're friends with benefits. And then about a year later, I was spending like four nights a week at their house and like sleeping over all the time and doing things with them. And around that time we realized like, oh, this is actually a relationship. We're in a relationship now. So we should probably talk about that. (laughs) It's like that thing where you're like, I'm accidentally dating someone. (laughs) Yes. I love that. And then they got married, right? They did. And you were the maid of honor. I was, yes. <laughs> how how was that? Oh, it was wonderful. So they yeah. actually, they eloped in January of 2018. Yeah, okay. January of 2018, they eloped. And they didn't have the ceremony until that May. Um, so they were actually already married before they had the wedding itself. But it, I mean, it was so much fun. I was somewhat involved in the planning process. I was able to help Maggie get ready that morning. So like I helped her with her hair and I helped her put on the dress and yeah, I helped um, like the photographer and stuff like that. And it was so much fun. And at that point, we actually were not out to different members of her family. So okay. um, really just Maggie's parents and brother knew but no one else who was there knew like my place in the relationship. They just thought I was a really good friend. So we (laughs) kept it under wraps for that. And then we came out like a month later. (laughs) Okay. Nice. Once everything was, was done in a done deal. Um, (laughs) what was that transition into joining their already like established relationship? Like, was it weird? Was it, is it, was it hard? I mean, cause you know, from someone who, who isn't in a polyamorous relationship, I would, you know, a lot of people are like, were you jealous? You know, what, how did you feel about that? What was that like? So it was so easy at first because like, we didn't even realize what we were doing and it was yeah, all like just no organic. Yeah. yeah. Um, it got more difficult later on. Like once we realized we were in a relationship, it, that was figuring out all of that was more difficult. But honestly, I don't think it was difficult because there were three of us. I think it was difficult because I am terrible at communicating (laughs) and I would just like bottle things up and then just explode when I, you know, was all full of emotion and it would be a mess. And I don't think that that honestly had anything to do with being polyamorous. I think that that was just me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I started going to therapy and like learning how to communicate. Maggie and I actually went to sort of couples therapy, but it was really just like, so that I could learn how to better communicate with her. After that, it became really easy again. So I don't think it was because of polyamory. I think it was just me not being able to communicate. (laughs) Totally, totally. And I know another big question and it always comes up. Threes are hard anyway, groups of three, like someone always feels left out or there's jealousy. Is there jealousy? Or if there was, you know, how do you get over it? I don't think that any of us really experience jealousy. And I do think that when people experience jealousy, there's usually underlying issues to why they're jealous. And so like, if I was going to get jealous over Maggie and Cody spending too much time together, it would really just mean that I wanted to spend more time with either both or one of them. And so I would communicate that with them and then I would get to spend more time with them. Or if I thought that, you know, anything like that, anything that I was feeling jealous about, what is the underlying issue? And then how do we fix that? Yeah, totally. And 
Yeah, because I, I think a lot of people, it's so hard for some people to wrap their brains around like, you were the maid of honor at their wedding. Like, how did you not get jealous? But I, I guess, yeah, when you're super secure and in, in knowing what you are, there really isn't a lot of jealousy there. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't understand too that I also want my partners to be happy and I want my partners to have their needs met. And so if they're happy and they're having their needs met, and their needs being met doesn't mean that I'm getting pushed aside because I would communicate my needs as well, just like they do. I'm not going to get jealous of that. I'm happy for them that they're happy. Totally. Do you think it's ever in the cards that all three of you will get married if that's how it works? Or do you get married to each individual person? Yeah. So eventually we want to have a, a ceremony that would be for all three of us. It wouldn't be anything that's legally binding just because Maggie and Cody are already legally married and multiple plural marriages, I think it's called, Mm -hmm. um, are not legal in the U.S. right now. So we do want to have a ceremony that would resemble a wedding, but with three people and it would not mean anything legally. It would just be um, symbolic for us. Totally. Yeah. But that'll happen post pandemic. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. So many things that need to happen post pandemic. Right. (laughs) How did all of you come out to your parents about being in this relationship and was it awkward? And especially your situation, you have a very conservative, traditional family. Yeah. So Maggie's family, they they, they just guessed because I was there all the time. (laughs) I was going to family dinner with them like every Sunday. And eventually Maggie's mom was like, so you guys are, you're in a relationship, right? And we were like, yeah. She was like, yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, Cody's sister also guessed because I went to her house with Maggie and Cody all the time. Um, And I like played with her nephews or her sons and stuff. And so one day she was just like, so should the boys call her Aunt Janie? And Cody was like, yeah. And she was like, okay, cool. Like, welcome to the family. So both of them, their families are really, really chill about it. My family was actually quite chill about it. I think I was more nervous about it than anything. My cousin and I are really close. She's more of a sister to me than anything. So I actually asked her, like I told her about everything and I asked for her opinion because I was thinking I was going to fly up for Thanksgiving, tell my mom and then like fly home after Thanksgiving (laughs) and be there for like a day. And my cousin was like, so that is an absolutely terrible idea. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my cousin actually ended up telling my mom for me and she told me ahead of time. She like got, she like made sure I was okay with it. She didn't just like out me. Yeah. Um, but she told my mom for me so that my mom would have some time to like process it before I went out for Thanksgiving. And then she asked like a couple of questions, but we really just didn't talk about it. I mean, up until this last trip I saw her was the first time we really had like open communication and Maggie and Cody were involved in my, like I was talking about them a lot and we've talked about them coming to visit and my mom is on board with that. So Mm -hmm. Up until very recently, it hasn't been that way, but I think that's just because of our own awkwardness between my mom and I discussing it. <laughs> totally, totally. And, you know, I know people, you know, in the LGBTQ plus IAA community who, you know, come out to their parents and it is really difficult and their parents don't react like they're jumping up and down butterflies in their stomachs, like wide open arms was that ever hard for you did you or you know how did you get past that I think it was easy for me because at by the time I came out I was 
22 or 23. Like I was, I was well on my own as an adult. I was living in Colorado. I was, you know, paying my own bills. So I didn't rely on them for anything. I only saw them once or twice a year. And I think because of all that, it made it really easy for me to just like not really care what they thought because I knew that my relationship with Maggie and Cody wasn't going to be affected by their opinions on it. I think that if I had come out when I was in like high school or when I was still living with them, it would have been really, really difficult. But I got lucky that I didn't have to come out until after. And now just kind of answering a lot of questions that I know you get on, I know you get on TikTok and just, you know, also my own questions. What is the best way that you could describe to someone what it's like being in a polyamorous relationship, you know, dating both Maggie and Cody? Is it, you know, we all like something we all can relate to is we all have multiple friends and each, you know, you have a different relationship with each of your friends. Is it kind of like that? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I have certain things I'll do with Maggie that I won't do with Cody and vice versa. And then we have things that we do all together. And just like that, like I have two best friends and I have one friend that I will like go out drinking with. And then one friend that I will go out and like just hang out with and not really do much. But then the three of us will hang out together as well. And we have a really fun time. And I think it's really similar to that. It's like, you have a different relationship with each of them, but it doesn't matter because the love is still there. And I think that if I had the same relationship with each of them, it wouldn't work because it would just be so boring. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. What are some things that you do with Maggie that you don't do with Cody or Cody that you don't do with Maggie? So Maggie and I love um, thrifting together. So going to like Goodwill and stuff like that. Um, We'll spend like whole days just going thrifting together. And we also really like trash TV. So we've been rewatching Dance Moms. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Dance Moms, Welcome to Plathville, and then Counting On with the Duggars, which is the like <laughs> sequel to um, 19 Kids and Counting. Yes, crazy. Those are our go-to TV shows. And Cody hates them, so we don't watch them <laughs> with him. <laughs> yeah. Cody and I, we do puzzles together a lot. Um, we will go hiking together a lot. And Maggie will come hiking with us, but not quite as often mm-hmm. um, as the two of us go together. Cody is really, really good at teaching things. So if there's something that I need help with, that's usually Cody's task. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just little things like that. Like we definitely have a ton of things that all three of us do together, but then there are little things that are like, oh, that's more of those two should be doing that together. Is it possible for throuples? Is that is that a correct term to use mm-hmm. is that like offensive or anything no we use I mean I prefer triad but tri- okay. no one ever actually uses triad so thruple okay. is definitely more commonly used <laughs> okay well does the thruple is the triad we could we could make it a thing um starting from this <laughs> podcast um do triads usually have children I don't know if they usually do so I we personally don't want children we don't plan on it ever um, and that was something that we all discussed like very early on in life is, or very early on in our relationship is we don't want children. But I do know a lot of polyamorous people who do have children and they make it work for them. So I was really, really close with um, a, a triangle who was one guy and two women and both of the women had kids who lived with them and all three of them lived together. Um, and then the guy had like an older grown up kid who had already moved out. And they, you know, they co-parented together. And from what I could tell, it was actually easier for them to have children and be polyamorous because there was always like an extra adult who could help out. 
Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. It's funny too. Cause I, I find myself, you know, asking questions like, Oh, do, do triads have couples? But I guess that's the same as asking like, do married couples have kids? You know what I mean? Like, and I, I feel like too, like watching your TikToks and just being educated, it's like, yeah, like there's just like things that we're just not used to even like, oh, mm-hmm. like you guys are some different like breed. It's like, no, it's like just like normal people. Some yeah. people, like some couples and partners want kids and some don't. It's just, it's just normal. <laughs> yeah. And that's really what it all boils down to is like, we're really not very unique. There's just yeah. three of us <laughs> instead of two. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> like, I'm happy to educate people, but I don't think we're very interesting. <laughs> I'm always reading the comments too. And I feel like people ask questions like that a lot where like, they don't even know that they're like asking like this question that it's like, you know, I'm just like a normal person. I just don't want kids, you know? Right. And people just don't realize. Yeah, no, definitely. People, people view it as like its own thing, completely separate from any kind of relationship right. that they know, which I understand because it, it is unique, but it's really not that different. <laughs> yeah, totally. Something that a lot of people also are always curious about is what is the sleeping arrangements? Like, are you just all three snuggled up in a king, a California <laughs> Sometimes king? Sometimes <laughs> we do, we have a king, we have a California king. Um, okay, nice. And sometimes all three of us will, you know, sleep in the same bed together. That's really, really rare though, because it just gets so hot and so cramped. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always the one in the middle. So I always like end up sweating and I don't know where to put my arms. Yeah. And- yeah, someone's like one head is always by you. You're like, mm-hmm. ah. Yeah, so we have a king and a queen. And usually um, two people will sleep in the king and one person will sleep in the queen. And we just kind of play it by ear with whoever wants to sleep alone that night. Because, I mean, we never have to worry about like someone not wanting to sleep alone. We all love sleeping alone. <laughs> we yeah. definitely value our alone time. So. Every night you're like, I'll take the, I'll take the queen. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Have you ever struggled with boundaries as far as like what details you share with each other about the other relationship in the house or a little bit? Yeah. So uh, Cody has a tendency to want to be a problem solver, which is normally like an absolutely lovely uh, attribute. But (laughs) when Maggie and I are in fights, which doesn't happen often and it never lasts for very long, but Cody will not often, but sometimes try to step in and like act as mediator. And so in times like that, it's like, sometimes there's a little more details being shared than should be. Right, right. (laughs) But I mean, the, the truth is that anything that comes up in the relationship in some way probably affects all three of us. Mm -hmm. And so there's always going to be that clear communication and that transparency with any kind of detail. None of us really care it like if I tell Cody something and then he tells Maggie that we don't really care (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) this is a question I had written down I don't I don't know if you could pick one but do you ever have a favorite or is it just like oh really (laughs) not all the time but like sometimes someone's just annoying you you know and you just don't want to hang out with them in that moment (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) like Cody will be in a bad mood and I'll be like all right Maggie and I are gonna go watch tv together you know or or often I'm really annoying and so I'll be on my own and they can hang out together and I'm definitely not their favorite when I'm annoying you know yeah definitely (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm always like personally "Mm." (laughs) yeah sorry if you can hear my cat meowing oh (laughs) how many cats do you guys have we have three cats so each of us has a cat 
Uh, Maggie has an orange tabby. His name is Toulouse. Cody has a black cat named Wash after um, Hoban Washburn from the TV show Firefly. Love it. And my cat is this white fluffy ragdoll mutt that was found in a dumpster. So we don't know what she is. Um, But her name is Minerva. Cute. Oh, hi. He's the sweetest little boy. I love the bow tie. Oh, they all have matching bow ties and we switch them up for the seasons. <gasps> I love it. So is this, is this what kind of, what season? Are we still winter? The winter bow tie? We just switched over to spring. We, we didn't have time to get um, a heart. We were going to get heart ones for Valentine's Day and Cute. we didn't order them fast enough. So we just switched over. They have little turkey leg ones for Thanksgiving. And <laughs> Have you talked about like love languages or Enneagrams or... Are yours all compatible? I don't know about Enneagrams. I took the test once and I was split completely evenly between three different numbers. So, okay. <laughs> so we don't I don't, know. I just gave up after that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as far as love languages go, we all have very different love languages. And that hmm. was part of learning how to communicate was learning those different love languages and how we can show love to each other when we don't fully understand why the other person wants it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so like my love language is physical touch that's something that we've talked about a lot and I've just been like yeah just rub my back or hold my hand or whatever that's why you you sleep in the middle yeah no exactly (laughs) Maggie is I know that she likes gifts I forget what that one is called it might just be I think it's just gifts yeah yeah that took me a while because I would like write out these really long messages for her and like about (laughs) how great I think she is and then I would realize like, oh, that's actually not what she wants. <laughs> this isn't helping her. This is, I'm doing this to get for myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Cody is definitely quality time. And okay. I mean, which is great during a pandemic because we're stuck in a house together. So he's, <laughs> so he's <much> time. happy. <laughs> like he has been loving it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so when did you first like download TikTok and was the intention behind downloading TikTok to educate people on polyamory or was it just like it's a trendy thing and it's fun (laughs) so when I first downloaded TikTok I had no intention for what I was going to do with it I created an account just so that I could watch other people's TikToks I had Mm -hmm. no intention of posting on it ever when I first started posting it was just like stupid stuff right (laughs) I actually got my first following I got um like 30,000 followers at first because I was posting about working retail and I worked at Build-A-Bear so I posted (laughs) I posted some videos about like working at Build-A-Bear and how um service animals could come in but that included miniature horses and Build-A-Bear shoes fit miniature horses perfectly and like stuff like that and people liked it so I got a bunch of followers but it was like 30,000 I think I got from that yeah and then people love I, like retail secrets I don't know what it they is they do and I, I don't mean, either same. because <laughs> <laughs> ran out of Build-A-Bear stories like there's not yeah. that many stories about what's Build-A-Bear. just like what's just like a quick little tip you can throw us it's like a Build-A-Bear secret I would raid the lost and found and just give it to people who like <laughs> couldn't afford to buy clothes and stuff for their bears Um, but I don't think they're allowed to do that anymore and like we used to give free ribbons and bows and stuff for people and I don't think they're allowed to do that anymore and so I don't know I haven't worked there in like four or five years it's not the place I used to love (laughs) it's not they're they're redoing it and I don't like it anymore (laughs) (laughs) after I started like I got that following I made one video that was just like about my relationship and it was like this really brief overview like we met, we started dating, they got married. This is what we've done together. And now we live in Chattanooga together. I think that's the one I saw. 
Yeah, that was like my first one about being polyamorous. And that one just like took off and I was not expecting it. I made it while I was like sitting in my bed trying to focus on work and I couldn't. So I filmed it. It got me like 150,000 followers or something. Oh and then gosh. ever since then, my account has just been about polyamory because people just keep asking questions. Yeah, people are just so They're curious. interested. Yeah, I mean like, so I think it has over like a million views. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does. I think it has. I think it has a couple million. I'm trying to find it right yeah, now. Yeah, I found but, it. I found oh, it. It's 3.6. 3. 3. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But then I had um, another like resurgence recently because I posted this video and it was um, it, like one of those things in my household that just makes sense. And I did things in my polyamorous household that just makes sense. And I was making it solely for the purpose to make fun of Cody for breaking our water filter <laughs> and my first one was like oh we have two water filters because my boyfriend broke the first one yeah <laughs> like that video has like over five million views now and it, Wait, it was my really? first video to hit a million likes yeah oh. it's crazy and it's not even a good video it's not funny it's not interesting I was just making fun <laughs> of Cody um <laughs> I know I've been trying to crack the TikTok algorithm and I can't and I can't figure it out like just random it's things impossible. will take off Oh, it has 8.9 million views right now. Oh my gosh. What were some of the other likes. things? And I don't know put? why. Yeah. What were some of the other things that you put uh, on there? I said like, we have three cats. So each of us has a cat because <laughs> yeah. we don't share cat attention. Yeah. And like, we have multiple beds because we have to sleep in separate beds because otherwise it gets too hot. And like, we have multiple closets. Like it was all just normal stuff. Yeah. I really just wanted to make fun of Cody for breaking our water filter. <laughs> People were like racking them up. That's crazy. Because yeah, I would think that the original video would have had more attention. Yeah, right. (laughs) Apparently not, but yeah, take it, I guess. (laughs) Once you posted that first video, how was the reaction from the TikTok community? Because again, the TikTok algorithm is so weird. Like you never know when or why you're popping up on someone's for you page. How was the response? Mm -hmm. So at first it was totally either neutral or people just like asking questions or people saying like oh this is so interesting I love you guys you're you know like very nice Mm -hmm. and as I got more and more followers it started to get more negative and I don't know if that's just because like my videos were being seen by more people so there was more likely to be negative comments or if I was just like suddenly on the wrong side of TikTok or what it started getting like really, really negative for a while there, but I'm back to mostly neutral or nice people <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. People who don't, but care I was, nice. I was actually very surprised because I expected there would be a lot more negativity about it than there is. Hmm. Um, and there's not, most people are either accepting or just confused or really <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you handle the hate or like, does it mean, does it even bother you? You're so secure in your relationship. You've been dating forever. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, the hate doesn't really bother us. We went through um, for a couple of, it was like a year and a half. We were getting anonymous letters from someone um, from, this is from Instagram, I think, because it was before we were even on TikTok. Um, we were getting anonymous letters from someone telling us like, you're terrible people, you are, your relationship is disgusting, you're a fake member of the LGBT community. Um, They were sending letters to our bosses saying like, we should be fired because we're immoral, Um, things like that. And so once you deal with that, like, I'll take a comment, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's crazy. Did you ever find out who it was? We think we know who it was, um, but no, we, we have no proof. 
Yeah. And that's, and that's again, like bringing it back to the point of like social media is really powerful because, you know, you've, you've been able, I feel like you've been able to educate probably more people than you even think about, you know, what actually is a polyamorous relationship. What does it look like? You know, like I said, I, to be honest, I didn't even know people. I just thought it was like this, the, you know, the term, whatever, but like, no, no, no one's actually in it. Right. And then, <laughs> and then it like popped up on my for you page. And I was like, immediately so fascinated. I was like, wait, this is cool. Like, this is so interesting to learn about. And I, yeah, I do you, is there a community even like on TikTok, on Instagram, like, you know, are there communities in Chattanooga that you guys hang out with? I don't know. In Chattanooga, I don't know because we moved here in September. And so like, we're not really meeting new people right now because there's a pandemic. And so like, we're not going out, we're not hanging out with new people. Um, So I don't really know. As far as Instagram, I've met a lot of other polyamorous people and other triads and um, groups of, you know, ethically non-monogamous people off of Instagram who are wonderful. Um, TikTok, I haven't actually met anyone yet. Um, I know that there's a couple other polyamorous people who have made it big. One of them is the trifecta love. I think that they're called. Mm-hmm. You have competition. Um, I know. No, they already <laughs> have like 2 million views. I'm no competition or 2 million <laughs> followers. I'm no competition to them. Um, it's not, TikTok isn't great for like building communities like yeah. other apps are. Mm-hmm. For 2021, what do you, you all have planned? Do you have any fun trips? I mean, it's kind of hard. We're still in a pandemic, but <laughs> We're for Maggie's birthday in September. We are hoping to make it to Disney World because it's nice. actually not too far of a drive from here. Yeah. So yeah. we're hoping that we can give that to her as a birthday gift. Mm. Um, I'm hoping to get to Cuba by the end of the year. I want to yes. like I've been wanting to go to Cuba for a couple of years now, and after this being locked indoors for so long, I'm like, now nah, I'm just gonna do I it. Have to go. just, yeah. <laughs> we're just going. <laughs> Um, but no, we have nothing like nothing planned, nothing set in stone. We're trying to buy a house right now though. So that's our big concern. (laughs) Yeah. Taking up all of our energy. Totally. Totally. Um, are you planning to settle in Chattanooga pretty permanently then? Uh, at least for the next like five years. Definitely. Yeah. We found the house we're interested in. We're waiting. Hopefully we'll close on it. We'll see. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Well, I'm so pumped for you guys. Thank you so much. Yes. I, again, I'm just so glad that we were able to have this conversation. I'm so excited for people to listen to this and to also be able to learn and educate themselves on just different communities that exist on this earth, you know, and Definitely. love can look so many different ways. And I just love your guys' love. <laughs> well, thank you so much. <laughs> yes. And if people want to find you what social platforms can they find you on and at what username? I am to be Janie Frank on everything. And I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. I think that's everything. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> so well, to be Janie Frank on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Yes. Well, give her a follow everybody. And <laughs> thank you so much for being on. And we'll talk to everybody next week. Bye. Hey guys, it's Lily. Just wanted to say again, thank you so much for listening. I love filming and editing and putting out the how-to podcast. And if you love it too, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you rate it five stars. And if you're listening on Spotify, make sure you follow or subscribe to the podcast. That really helps. And I'll see you guys back here next week.